How has the world of adventure changed since you started? The world of adventure has changed a great deal since my first big journey 25 years ago, heading off nervously with a big rucksack to spend a year in Africa. Above all, the adventure world has opened up massively. This is wonderful. You, the listener, will come from a much more diverse audience with a far wider interpretation of adventure than when I began devouring travel books in the 1990s. In those days, there was a segregated hierarchy of a few near-mythic creatures doing exotic expeditions, and then there was the rest of us reading about them. Those adventures were primarily the domain of people, mostly men, who were tough, well-connected or able to fund themselves. Adventure used to be very niche and not something that registered with normal folk. Today, adventure has become fashionable and mainstream. Glossy magazines like Sidetracked showcase beautiful people doing awesome journeys in breathtaking locations. Photography and style have become integral parts of many adventures. Adventure often looks enviable rather than a brutal sufferfest. The North Face brand, who recently teamed up with Gucci for a marketing campaign that included a £400 sun hat, has ambassadors ranging from genuinely world-class climbers to what they call a network of restless explorers, from wave makers to groundbreakers, united by a belief that we can and should do better. These Explorers include DJs and dancers. Adventure is not just the domain of professional tough guys anymore. Large numbers of ordinary people are getting involved in the outdoors. That makes me happy. Adventure should be democratised and accessible to all. There is still a place in my heart for the glory of horizon-busting daredevil adventure but I'm delighted that an adventurous soul stuck in a stifling city office now feels that a weekend escapade is for them as well. In terms of getting involved, there is a much broader range of activities available today. It's not just scaling mountains, trekking to poles or crossing oceans and continents, but stand-up paddleboarding and urban adventure races as well. The number and the range of participants has also grown considerably. Adventure used to appeal to men with beards wearing smelly Ron Hill tracksters. Now it's a word and a concept widely embraced by athletes and artists, poets and paragliders, running mums and retired enthusiasts, not to mention so many different brands. There are far more women involved in adventure than used to be the case. Adventure has expanded from pursuing experiences in the Himalayas or Highlands to a much more inclusive, everyday vibe. Dare I mention the word micro-adventures? Huge numbers of us now enjoy participating in outdoor sports, adventure races, expeditions or exotic travels. We do it at every possible level, from park runs to winter ascents of K2. Reflecting on my lasting love of all things adventurous, I recognise how much I have changed too. That's not surprising. I have grown up and grown old, or at least middle-aged, in the company of wild places and people. I used to be obsessed with epic, masochistic feats. 
I read every travel and adventure book I could get my hands on. The madder the journey, the better. Over time, I have perhaps drunk my fill of that. I've become more interested in nature and tales of those who stay in one place and drink deeply of their adventurous experiences there. I've begun to feel greater pulls in new creative directions, to take stock, ask more questions, listen more and pay closer attention. For even longer than I've relished crossing remote landscapes or negotiating crazy foreign cities, I've loved the stories of adventures. It was reading books that first filled my head with exuberant and exotic ideas. So adventure storytelling has always been a key aspect of not only the journeys I've been on, but also my attempts to become a working adventurer. When I started travelling and writing at the end of the 90s, it was very much a fringe activity. Accounts of adventure were limited to just a few magazines and traditionally published books, with all of their gatekeepers standing in the way. It was a hard scrabble to get your writing published anywhere. Getting on TV or the radio felt impossible. Fast forward to today, and anyone can post a story on their internet streams, whether that's writing, photography, film or audio. There are now far more blogs, magazines, podcasts, festivals, expeditions and speaking events than I could ever have imagined. Despite that, it seems that the lament of travel writing being dead has been around for years. It was decades ago that Susan Sontag called travel writing the literature of disappointment. Today, anyone can travel anywhere. But not everyone can write about it well. Since I began writing blogs and books, I've noticed a broadening and a dilution of what is published. Yet the saturation of the adventure market also means that it is even more challenging for writers to get their books accepted by mainstream publishers. But the revolution in self-publishing has also made it easier for us to get our stories out and find a small but interested audience. The gates have been flung open. More people can now take their place in the world of adventure and have a crack at earning a living from it. Consequently, it is easier than ever to become a working adventurer, find your niche on the internet, build a tribe that is interested in what you do and begin to monetize it. Yet this also means that in terms of earning potential and audience reach, the distinction between a full-time mountaineer and a full-time adventurous social media influencer has blurred to almost nothing. The sector has become ultra-competitive for attention as well as income. It will be interesting to see what implications unfurl for the working adventurer out of all this over the coming years. Adventurous storytelling today includes the Outdoor Swimming Society, Intrepid magazine championing women in adventure, the Adventurous Inc. book club for outdoor folk, the Tough Girl podcast and all the everyday feats and triumphs of thousands of happy adventurers told through their individual Instagram pages. Quick question. What is your favourite time of day to start a journey? My favourite time to get going is always 30 minutes before first light.